Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Who the Fuck is Delia, the podcast that uncovers the plight of the creative who might not just yet be so successful that they are taking part in the Red Alert March campaign. You don't have to be successful to be on that march, do you? You do not. However, there are some very successful people who are supporting that campaign or taking part in it because of COVID um, affecting it. You know, like the... Royal Festival Hall in London, the National Theatre in London, Peter Gabriel's joining in, Imogen Heap's joining in, The Cure, all supporting the initiative. Obviously, the last three, probably all right, money-wise. Imogen Heap's uh, making the rounds, isn't she? Yeah, she gets about, like... She does. Um, Before we get into that, though, Mm. this week's just you and I, Shell. It is. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. I've got to pay royalty on this now. I bet it's expensive. <laughs> um, it's been nice to, to get the podcast going again. It is. How have you found it? Good. Good. Same as I always find the podcast. Yeah. Stress. Dread it beforehand. Yeah, stress and then release. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then forget to post about it for a week. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because that's all that anything is worth right now, isn't it, in this world, Shell? It's just about a post. Well, that's the annoying thing is, like, we didn't start this po- podcast for it to be that. And that's why whenever we're, like, stressed about posting about it, I'm like, no, this is not what it was meant to be. It was mm. meant to be our creative outlet to just chat yeah, but to other creatives. And that's what it become. And it was became. great. But also, when I'm getting up at, you know, 6 a.m., which I know for a lot of people is normal, um just to edit it to get it out that day because it's the only time I have and then as far as I can see nowhere anyone knows it exists I kind of get a bit like aggy about it yeah but you are right but also whose fault is it that you have to get up that early uh the world the man no it's that's your fault man. for spreading yourself too thin like butter on a toast on, on a, a toast, toast. <laughs> would you like a toast yes, yes please butter on it please I'll have a butter on that toast <laughs> on that to- a toast what um, so yeah, just the two of us. I figured we'd just catch up this week. It's been great to have guests on, but like, it can get a bit stressful trying to fit everything in. And like you said, I'm spread thinly over a, t- a toast. <laughs> so um, you know, I figured this week it'd just be nice for us to catch up. And since we started season two, we haven't really had one of these more relaxed ones. No, we haven't. And also, season two, when we created uh, the Patreon. Of which we've just got our first few Patreon subscribers. Woohoo! Good. I'm so yeah, excited. Patreons. Yeah. Patrons. Um, so when we set up the pa- Patreon, the Patreon, the whole reason why we... we let's call uh, the whole thing off. Yeah, let's call the whole thing off. The whole reason why we started like the second bit of the podcast, which was one of the words, was because we were... You know, we, we actually wanted to delve into our own stuff and, mm. like, go through it and, like, pick it apart. And we were excited about doing Indulge that. Indulge ourselves in our own greatness. Y- yeah, but also <laughs> we wanted to, like, pick apart, obviously, other artists' songs, but also other artists' songs. Uh. And also just big songs that you've heard for years and years. And we wanted to pick some of them apart and stuff like that. And there was so many interesting stuff. So, but then actually, we've, we haven't done any of that ourselves. No, so it was nice to just fit one of us in. And, and now is the pick apart. Yeah. yeah, one of them songs. Yeah, so uh, if you are listening to this podcast and you would like more and you would like us to go in depth on, you know, the process and not just our process. So far, we've had the process of composers and 
Tim Linkhouse and Bo Rain. Actually, Bo Rain didn't have the Patreon thing. And Laurel ago. Smith. And then we've also had Laurel Smith going in depth about her new single, Candy. And obviously, it wouldn't be complete without Little Grace getting involved. Yep. About their new EP. I think specifically we were speaking about Black Sheep. So head over to the Patreon. It's all there. Mm-hmm. There will be so, 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 so much more coming for there the Patreon. Be. And we've set up our Patreon in a way that um, you all will get access to the same content no matter what tier you sign up for. So there's like a £3 a month tier, a £7 a month tier, and I can't remember what it is. But um, no matter what tier you sign up for, we just ask that you do that based on your own income and you will all receive access to the same content because as is life and this is the way forward and as creatives, we will pave on, that way forward. Oh, down with capital. No, I, no. Don't, I don't know. Anyway, that's the plug and that's this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks very much for tuning in. <laughs> Okay, oh, didn't like that you're one. Not, then. You're not, <laughs> so, your your jokes are wearing very thin, like butter. Yo, on yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good job I've got you to keep me uh, <laughs> fresh. Yeah, to keep me with just a fresh stream of content. Well, um, yeah. But this week, yeah. So as I as I mentioned, uh, there's been a march today, um, mm-hmm. and today is the 11th of August, as we as we record from the center of the sun mm-hmm. right now. I think our flat is the place in from which the whole world's heat is radiating. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it wouldn't be the centre of the sun, then it'd be the centre of the earth. Um, yeah, but I feel like the centre of the sun is probably hotter than the centre of the earth. Yeah. Um, perhaps we don't even realise that we're not on earth right now. We are just part of the sun. That's how it feels. And we're melting away. Um, but we'll <laughs> see if I make it through this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I think parts of me have already melted off i think you'll make it through the podcast i don't know whether you'll make it through the podcast without moaning about it <laughs> well this is proof that that you know will happen yeah but whilst we've been melting people have been out marching yeah and you were listening to LBC. the radio lbc i was um about this about this march, about march and this initiative and it's not only a march i think a lot of these big venues and, and small venues alike, probably, if they have the capacity and the capability, mm-hmm. um, are lighting up their buildings, their whatever, red, to take part in the Red Alert campaign. Yeah. Um, and Red Alert being that, like, it's crunch time for a lot of creative companies and venues it and is. workers. Yeah. But since you were listening to Interrupting Britain's conversation... <laughs> Shall I elaborate? Yeah, inform us. So so James O'Brien had a guy on, I think, who was either the founder of the movement or he was was a bigger figure in the movement. And he was explaining that um, the live entertainment industry was one of the first industries to go down Mm -hmm. and it will be one of the last industries to come back up again for obvious obvious reasons. Um, And... You know, obviously, there's lots of people out of work. There is, there's artists out of work. There's creators out of work. There's actors. There's musicians. There's l- just everyone lost in that industry, completely yeah. lost their work. Yeah. But the people who have actually probably been forgotten about a little more than uh, the kind of front runners are the people behind the scenes. So the, the sound text. Yeah, the sound text, the lighting engineers all those guys, the people who make the shows work and without mm. those people, the shows would not go on, literally. Mm. Um, <laughs> they, the, they should use that as a catchphrase. Yeah, they should. But So yeah, they're getting forgotten about and 
I think the reason they get forgotten about is obviously because they play that role behind the scenes. So they're kind of like taking a, a peek behind, a peek out from behind the curtain yeah. and having something to say about it. And a lot of these people, the reason why they're getting so forgotten about and the reason why it's becoming crunch time is because a lot of these people who are employed are freelancers. Um, yeah. And if they're not freelancers, normally they've got their own company and they are an outsourced company that come in to do it. So yeah. they are a small independent company at, who are going under. Yeah. So they're not getting the right help from the government or they're part of establishments that ha- can't afford to keep them on fellow, can't afford to keep yeah. them on whatever. Well, a lot of small companies that are managing to survive have just about reopened. Just about, yeah. So... Things like small, you know, pubs mm-hmm. and non-essential shops, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas these guys are in the same position as those guys were, except there's no view of to when, th- of them, of when they're coming back. back. So imagine if you were the like all the pub and all the landlords, pub owners, all the landlords and people who own the shops were saying, you know, it's crunch time. We got to go. We got to. We got to yeah. open our doors, otherwise we're screwed. Mm-hmm. They were allowed to open their doors. And now it's getting to that point with it's getting to that well it's, I'd, I'd argue it's already been past that point yeah. with music and like being a part of a small independent oh, sorry, not music yeah art yeah being a smart of, being, being a smart being a part <laughs> <laughs> being a part of a small independent company like that who watching them run through not, not in the art industry in a completely different industry but just you know kind of like similar level in terms of a business size mm. and then watching that company and working with that company throughout lockdown and watching how close it got yeah. to, to 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 the the owner of that company being like, we need to open, and if we don't, and we thought we were going to open at the beginning of July, then that got pushed back later on because gyms and things were not allowed to open, and like seeing how much stress and strain that put the business under. Mm. Now, if this had gone on, and that was a company that was actually able to make money during a little yeah, bit of money during lockdown, had that have gone on for even just another few weeks, mm. it would have been we would have been in serious trouble. So knowing that these guys haven't been able to do any work throughout lockdown, and that now they have no prospect of when they're going to be able to start working again, and the fact that the furlough scheme is going to end in October, like mm. I'm not surprised that they're marching, and I'm not surprised that they're shedding some light on it. Literally, ha. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to run out of colours for these sorts of things. We did yeah. blue for the NHS and we'll red here. Yeah. And then it'll just keep going and we'll have to get these like, they'll be like, this week they're lighting up their buildings magenta because <laughs> there'll be just so many things that need, you know, yeah. saving and need this kind of attention um, being to, to be brought to them. Well, this is going to be the difficult time now, isn't it? Is is the after effect of, of, what, of what happens and the economical mm-hmm. effect of what happens and we're seeing this now. We're seeing how this is all starting to unfold with those industries yeah. that are not government-led industries that you know don't fall under particular kind of schemes that the government are supporting, and they're the industries that, to be honest, they're the industries that make make the economy thrive because the you know one of the biggest parts of the UK economy is the entertainment industry. Well, like, why do so many people come and visit London? It's to go to the theatre. Yeah, and, it, and it's also not just entertainment. Like, it, as a as a um, as an industry, it's it's events yeah, as an exactly, industry. Yeah. And, you know, they've managed to reopen for, like, sporting... they managed to sort out reopening for sporting events, the Premier League and cricket and stuff where there's no fans. And that is absolutely fine because television revenue sorts out the those big clubs yeah but it doesn't sort out the little guys no and 
unfortunately for the way that things are um, right now for uh, the the arts, like they always they always if I always say this, I always compare the two, you know, football and arts. But like the big guys can cope with without fans because they're such wealthy clubs. Mm-hmm. TV revenue is so big, yeah. but the little guys need people to watch the games, otherwise they're screwed. Mm-hmm. Which is you know getting closer and closer and has put a few clubs under. Mm-hmm. So then you put that into arts and entertainment well actually the big guys need the people to watch it too there it's not it's not the same because of streaming because of downloading because of just tv and music and the way that that industry has had to adapt to technology already yeah there isn't the opportunity necessarily for i don't know the national theater to put on a big show and then have it streamed and people to pay for it and you go yeah that can happen but so much goes into that and it's not like you have these set clubs either. Yeah, you might have set casts and set crews, but getting that together is a totally different concept to getting a football club together. Mm-hmm. And also, these these people have already had their resources depleted, even the big ones. Yeah. Whereas something like a football club has been, like like a Premier League football club is just this cash monster. Yeah. Um, and it makes you realise that the difference between Zanzibar and Liverpool, which mm. is just this like beaten up to be frank shit all of a venue (laughs) compared to the national theater or the royal uh was it royal festival hall that Mm. i mentioned the gap isn't as isn't that big actually no you know the and the and the 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 things that they need to be able to do to survive and the and the way in which they operate yeah okay very different venues but they're much closer than say a premier league team and a i don't know fourth tier yeah you need the same aspects to run in order to ha- to make it happen and one thing the guy was saying was that I wish I I wish I'd gotten his name maybe I'll find out and put it in the show notes afterwards but um he was saying that one of the issues one of the big issues was that you know even though the big theaters are still struggling as well obviously cuz cuz everyone is it's kind of like the he he called them I use his words and saying that he calls them the dinosaur venues right. the old the old and old the old faithfuls yeah. they're the ones getting any sort of like funding from the government, but all these, all these because, small, because they have a name. Yeah, exactly. But all of these small venues that are making the economy churn all of the time are getting no help. Yeah. I've, yeah, this is, this has kind of flipped things on my head for me on, on its head for me a little bit. Um, and I'm, I don't normally take like a capitalist, like Republican conservative, whatever kind of stance on, on anything really. But I, I have done with venue closure in the past. Like, I think it is definitely disgraceful that certain venues have closed down because they've been bought out by people wanting to build flats yeah. or they've been forced out because of flats being built around them or whatever, you know. Just, yeah. And, and that really does grind my gears. But also there's been over the past five years an influx of oh this venue's closing down oh now this venue's closing down yeah. and, and initially looking and go oh that's really sad but there was there was, there was a point where i was looking at it and being like but that place is a dive and that place is a, is a dive and that mm-hmm. place is a shit all and that like and, you, and only these places that i know and have played or have been to and you think they're not adapting to keep to, to the industry they're yeah. not adapting and i know that's really really hard to do in an industry where um you know, everything is, is, is adapting with technology, uh, mm-hmm. like the music industry. And I suppose one argument may be that, well, if you did adapt, 
then there would just be DJs on everywhere. Yeah. And I go, okay, yeah, I do get that. But I don't necessarily mean adapt in that way. I just sort of mean grow and just try and change branding and just stuff like that. And sometimes I get a bit like, oh, well, that's really sad, but... You can't rest, on, at, you can't rest on your laurels being a company like that. Well, I use... Uh, my argument for it is somewhere like Constellations in Liverpool. Yeah. Which... I know this is niche, but I will, I will, you know, extra, elaborate. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you can go to Constellations in Liverpool to go and see a local music festival. You can go every so often to see big bands play, like big-ish bands. And you can also go and see local nights. But then you can go on a Saturday morning to a juice rave. Yeah, exactly. Or a vintage market on a... Sunday afternoon it's using, or something. It's utilizing the space in different ways, and this is something that we keep coming back to in terms it, of. Sorry to sorry. Let on. me just finish with constellations, and it and it looks cool. Yeah. You know, a lot of these older venues, these anti bars and things like that, that they're not have nice a name. To be in. They're not nice places to be. No, and and the marketing doesn't look good either. I know mm. marketing sucks for that sort of thing, but you kind of see it and you go a bit like, ugh. Yeah. And whereas you look at constellations and you're like, that looks cool. I need to I need to go to that. Yeah. I need to be there. And when yeah. you and then when you're in the space, you're like, this is cool. Yeah you know yeah sorry i don't just need to finish well it's that. like it comes back to that thing of i i like i get what you mean if, if you feel bad about having that opinion because there's obviously definitely more factors that we are not privy to no that force those situations to happen and a lot of it is down to lack of funding and funding oh, yeah, cuts. Yeah, but yeah. there is and there is that element and it uh the, i feel like lockdown has kind of highlighted it where you if you're working in the creative industry now i feel like you have to become versatile yeah. you have to have a like your mom like say a portfolio career around you because <laughs> yeah. when one falls you need to be able to fall on different things and as a venue you know i feel like i, f- I feel bad that we're like digging in on one on one venue and using zanzibar as a <laughs> reference but it's literally just to use as a reference because it you know it is actually it was, it was actually like a wonderful staple venue in liverpool um it's it, it, they kind of it becomes an, an idea of resting on that reputation that you once had in that yeah. industry. And moments like this show you that you can't rest well, on anything. So that's what I was going to say is that normally I would have that stance mm-hmm. and I would look at each venue individually rather than, oh, another venue's closed. Oh, such a shame. Mm-hmm. I'd look at the venue and be like, oh, that is a shame. Or, you know, well, it was dying on its ass because of whatever reason. Yeah. Or it looked like it. Or you'd read into it a bit. Or you know, whatever. So I just, I know it's not a popular opinion. However, now mm-hmm. it's just totally different. Yeah. The, the whole world's been shaken. Yeah. Um, it's been shook up and it's just, it's so, it doesn't matter how, even those venues that do adapt to a changing industry can't adapt for this happening. You know, no. they have to, and, and then now it's like, okay, now how do they adapt? Well, that is a whole different question. And then when you feel like you're being let left behind by the government and like your sector once again is being cut or once again you know is being left out of the um i was gonna say the funding party but you know what i mean yeah 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 um then it is kind of one of those things where you go ah well yeah zanzibar is in it with the royal albert hall or whatever yeah you know um and i and my heart does go out to all of them this time and go oh fuck because we've seen places adapt. I'm sure everyone's seen places adapt. Mm-hmm. You know, even before pubs were allowed to formally reopen, we had been and got takeaway from certain pubs yeah. and got, you know, fruit and veg from certain pubs. Yeah, you, yeah. you remember that place down near Finsbury Park? I'd like, 
apples and oranges yeah. and stuff outside. Um, so you see people adapt and you go, oh, that's okay. But how does a music venue adapt? Well, yeah, and anything that they do choose to do to adapt is not sustainable. So there was that time where, you know, everyone went through live streaming gigs and then you could start, you know, you could say, oh, well, they could actually like use it as video space and things like that. And you're like, yeah, yeah. but if you lack the funding in the first place to let, to make that go, then you're not going to drive yeah. it anywhere. That's not going to put you in anything other than debt and to also whatever to, you're doing. Or you're asking everybody for favours and these are people who are already out of work and not being paid. To rent out that video space is like how much are you, pay, are you charging yeah, exactly. to make that actually, you know, actually a thing and who, how much are people paying to go into these yeah. spaces and to it's film? And you know? it's not something that is as, as sustainable as having 50 people in a room who've paid the ticket price to come there exactly. and, and then buying drinks, drinks at the bar. Yeah, yeah. Like nothing is like the whole purpose of that space is built around that and nothing is going yeah. to be as sustainable as having people having bodies in the space if you can't have bodies in the space you can't do it yeah it's a little bit like uh, the cinemas reopening as well like certain cinemas have reopened mm -hmm. which is which is great but that the i think empire strikes back is in the top 10 of the uk's box office right now in like alien or something you know because <laughs> they're just showing old classics just yeah, to get yeah. people through the door yeah a few indie films here and there which have gone to cinema yeah uh, gone to the, to the cinema but uh I've, we've not been back and i'm like i'd love that i'd love going to the cinema yeah as soon as tenet comes out the new chris nolan film i'm gonna go yeah i'm gonna go and support the cinema and you know it's something that i want to see and it's something you know it's a, it just feels a bit weird to take the risk and to go and be in a, an enclosed space when it's not something that you want to see you know it's sort of like why i'm, I'm here to support them but also you've got putting to myself putting myself and other people at risk by being here mm -hmm. whereas if you get something good on the screen then i'll take both those risks i'll, I'll, you know, I'll combine those two things um but there's a big worry about that is that tenant is holding back for all the small cinemas because it keeps pushing itself back mm -hmm. because it need, it wants the best possible opening yeah. and i think they may have announced now that they're going to open in europe and other countries before America because obviously America's the problem child at the moment because everything's so bad however you know if they're doing a global release all at the same time then they need America to be okay because that's such a huge market yeah but small cinemas were complaining and, and, and you know sort of asking them not to push it back any further because they're being forced to reopen to, to keep the lights on but then something like Tenet will bring people through the door yeah so they have a new release and a new reason to get going again mm -hmm. but then if that keeps getting pushed back it's like oh okay shit let's put on i don't know let's put on another star wars film from or another film yeah, from the 80s yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it's not sustainable like, like you said having those pe enough people in the room to do it yeah um and they're trying to adapt with drive-ins and stuff like that but is that really doable um, the, the other thing I want to say about it is a lot of the people on these marches that I saw them walking like a picture walking through I think it was Manchester with flight cases and you know all dressed up as if they're doing sound techie jobs or whatever and you look at them and you think yeah they're like workers and they look like you know they are sort of labourers in a way mm -hmm. um, and, and I don't mean this to sound rude but like a bit basic however they're not they are super, super specialist jobs. Super specialist, you yeah. You know, it doesn't, it's not like, and this is no offense to anyone who's a bricklayer, but it's not like a lot of bricklayers going down and being like, we can't do this. It's like these people have gone and had to get some of them masters yeah. to be able to do what they're doing. Yeah. And that is financially, you know, means that they get paid a lot more, which means mm -hmm. it's harder to sustain 
not getting paid <laughs> well not for yeah them not getting paid but also the people who pay them oh right yeah um and i think that gets lost uh, people sort of lose sight of that they think oh mm. it's the it's the like you said it's the creatives who have suffered because they you know they do all this studying for their art and they live it and they do but actually these people are basically like tech wizards yeah. a lot of them you know i feel like a lot of techies are like the new age like you know 10 like 10 10 15 years ago where you get the really specialized like electricians and things like that who would get paid a fat wage and they were very specialized in what they did know. but i feel like they were you didn't you didn't realize how you didn't you didn't realize how much of a specialized job that was you just seen them doing it yeah and i feel like that's like the new age version of that is that they are actually doing super specialized jobs that they paid well to do. Yeah. But the problem is, there's that thing of being like, oh, they get that they get paid well to do it, so you know they shouldn't. It shouldn't be that they're in trouble or whatever. And we should be looking at people who were not paid well in the mm-hmm. beginning, and that can, they're going to be struggling. And of course, that's a struggle that you have to bear in mind. But I think this is a this is a problem from an economical point of view, as they are the people who make the economy they are part of making the economy go because they are there's lots of small businesses well it's like and a lot of the people who are running the events yeah. they, they may be in the same boat it's not just the technicians although the technicians you know they have a highly specialized job mm-hmm. um but a lot of people who put on events you know coordinating things yeah um you know directors well, all the casting, behind the yeah, scenes. everyone behind the scenes yeah. they, they it's a, a quite a specialist thing and i know this because i work in some of that with podcasting and production and the amount of people that you know when they say like okay we'll put we're gonna do this da, 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 like at whatever event it is and then the music will will put on like whatever type of music and you go okay cool have you got like speakers and a desk for the music and they're like what no and you're like hmm. well, where did you think the music's coming from and they're like oh i don't know i just thought music happened <laughs> yeah, yeah and you're like no. no and that's not even that specialist yeah so if you put this is into a a wider context away from arts mm-hmm. and just into events yeah you know like okay cool we got the um i don't know food festival on the go and we want the the lighting over there to like light them up in a certain way and blah blah, blah. okay cool well the lighting technician well, would be the think, person that did that job i don't even think you, you get that far you would you wouldn't even somebody who was you wouldn't even think about that it was just you get to the events and you'd be like where's the lights but so my point more is that it's not even just that these people are at these specialist jobs that I'm talking about are affected by the entertainment industry. They're affected by just events, mm-hmm. stuff completely unrelated to entertainment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, um, it's just, it's just hard, isn't it? And I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. No, I don't think anyone does. That's the issue. You know, I'm of the camp that I feel like we're kind of reopening too quickly, but then but also I don't know we if have that's, to reopen. but we have to, I, yeah, I just don't, I just don't know. So, after 25 minutes of speaking about that, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> um, should we move on? Yeah. All right, cool. Do you do out by Oasis? Why don't you just go on the S? Is there any chance you can sound more like Cheers. a What's your plan B? Plan B. Plan B. Oh. You don't know the door. What's Jack going to do when he's finished with the drums? All right, cool. This is what is Jack going to do when he's finished with the drums, uh, based on the fact that our good friend Jack Batchelor um, has grandparents. And his grandparents always ask his parents, what's Jack going to do when he's finished with the drums? Because they just don't quite get it. And there's a lot to not get, let's be honest. Because even I'm starting to be like Uh, old and saying things that are like, 
what, why can't you just do the the TikTok on the Instagram? <laughs> no, it's not the same thing, Granddad. Um, <laughs> but have you got anything? Um, I did have, and I can't remember what it is. So you dive in, and I'll have a. I've got a little remember. one. It's not big by any means, and I'm sure this will be a shorter episode to the usual episodes anyway. Yeah. Um, mine is people telling you that things are good in music or in just in art, and it's just being a bit awkward because I don't know what it is. I'm not someone who takes um, compliments that well. Okay. So someone's telling you something's good and you're like, oh, okay, thanks. Oh, and you feel about two centimeters tall yeah. and like you're wearing children's dungarees mm-hmm. and a little sort of train conductor's hat. And yeah, but like, don't you, take, don't, thank you, don't, like that. don't take that anybody who's listening as a reason to not compliment because <laughs> no, you should. No, I'm just saying that, that that's a precursor. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying that's, that's generally how I feel a little bit like, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then <laughs> the other day I was in the studio and it's worse. So when something, when someone like needs to change what you've done, but they like, like they're like, it's good, but it's just not quite right. Right. Happens all the time. I say it all the time. You know, we to say it to each other frequently, like, yeah, it's, it's all right, but it's shit not sandwich. quite. Yeah. It's like, it's not quite that. Not even a shit sandwich. Just being like what you said is, or what you did is good, but it's not the thing it's mm-hmm. not that, that what what is right and i've had that recently with the production where mm-hmm. you know i was doing it um got it to where i thought it should be and then the genre was wasn't quite right so because i couldn't squeeze it into my uh month someone else was gonna reproduce it mm-hmm. now, and that was the black and white you know it wasn't that i couldn't reproduce it physically um or, or ability wise sorry it's just i didn't have time yeah but there's a guitar solo on it and as you all not all know but as a lot of people who know me would know i'm quite adverse to guitar solos <laughs> fucking hate them um not from other people i love it when other people do them i just fucking hate doing it myself but i had to do a guitar solo on this song yeah so then this person's there and they're having this song reproduced but i'm in the studio at the same time um just because I'm in another session and I'm walking past. And every time I walk past, I can hear them being like, well, make sure, sh- yeah, it's like they've seen me go past and they're like, make sure you keep Alex's guitar solo. We really like that guitar solo. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Every time I walk past, but they're changing everything else I did. But they're like, does it make? And then I come back from the toilet and they're like, are you keeping the guitar solo? Because <laughs> Like, oh, for fuck's sake, just be sure about that because it's making me feel like a fucking 10-year-old kid. And I know that's really weird and niche, but I just wanted to bring it up in case anyone feels the same thing. That is quite niche. You know, it's like if, I don't know, say you had like a painting that you did hung up on the wall and then one day you got to that house and they'd taken your painting down and put another picture up. Yeah. Not because your painting was bad. Yeah. Just because they wanted to change. Because it suits another picture. And that painting is now in the toilet. Yeah. Say, the one, the like, original. Oh, we, we kept it off. But, no, we thought more people would see it in the toilet. Yeah. We thought like, you know, because they're actually stood there looking at it, you know, so it's not that it's, yeah. we just, and you're like, it's fucking fine. It's whatever. Just leave it. Yeah. I just don't care. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. if I had an issue, I'd probably make some sort of awkward, jokey comment about it. Yeah. And yeah. then, we'd resolve it you know within 30 seconds of bantering mm-hmm. back and forth rather yeah. than this constant like oh and then next time you go around it's it's somewhere else oh we put it there because of the, you know like oh fucking hell it's, just, it's fine. fine it's fucking fine yeah i don't mind that it's like in it the bathroom yeah. like that's fine yeah you know if it had vanished completely you maybe would be like oh, okay you know so when they went if they got rid of the guitar solo and replaced it with another guitar solo i'd kind of be like yeah but then I'd maybe listen to it and be like, oh, that solo suits a bit better. So that's that's fine. doesn't yeah. matter. You know, oh, you've repainted your whole house. So that picture doesn't quite fit. Not that's fine. Yeah. 
but people just feel that awkward. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's a very British thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, but I just was it. The reason why I bring it up is because that was my entire day yesterday. Aww. Every time I left the studio to that go and do it and saw them, it got said, and it was just like, oh, thank you every <sighs> time. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Um, did you remember yours? I did remember mine, and mine kind of harps back to the independent, the entertainment independence industry, the entertainment industry, in a little oh, bit. <laughs> um, and it was like, and mine's not a, a qualm in any way. Okay. Mine's just a, an observation that okay. I was like, oh yeah. So we have to congratulate your sister because she finally got married this weekend. <laughs> and if you, we've actually done an episode with Alex's sister before because she works for a charity. So yeah, we a very kind of creative uh, charity. It is a very creative charity, and we did a little interview with her about how that charity was being affected by lockdown a few weeks ago, M- months ago. <laughs> a few weeks Jesus. ago. Um, a few weeks ago was fucking March. Yeah. So. <laughs> She was actually gearing up for her wedding at that point. That eventually got cancelled yeah. and then one thing led to another. But, you know, luckily they managed to get a spot and we had a very socially distanced wedding and it was... We didn't. We didn't. No, no, no. <laughs> we we as in like... We were guests at a we very were guests, social, yeah. socially distant wedding. Yeah, and there was only about 18 people there and she only... I think she was given almost less than a week to plan it by the time she got the okay from the venue and whatever else. Yeah. So obviously she asked us to, to help out with a few bits and bobs. Yeah. And when we got there, we were helping out. And it's just stuff that, you know, it's literally the stuff that when we turn up to a venue to do a gig or do whatever, well, like we just... like we did the, the uh, film screenings or yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, like we just go in, you just start setting up and you go, that's done, needs to do that, checklist, there's that done, mm-hmm. okay, we've got that done, or, set that or up. Or even wedding covers gigs, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. You just yeah. go in, you do your thing, you set it up and you just take that, you take that for granted, I think. That well, you, you do all do of it, that, you, you just do it. Yeah. And it wasn't until later in the day that your stepdad was very like, he was just like, you, you both, he actually patted us on the back and was like, you both deserve a pat on the back. <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> and um, he was, you know, just saying basically that the those those little things that nobody sees and that you we, we just do in and we just go in and do and take for granted mm. are actually the things that if you didn't have there mm. would make the situation one a whole heap more stressful a whole lot harder yeah and some of it wouldn't be able to actually be physical to do (laughs) whoa that was weird so so, so it makes it makes the situation i don't know all right let me try that one again so it makes the situation a whole lot harder a whole lot more stressful and some of it you wouldn't even be able to do yes right so you know there were just small things like for example they needed the Zoom, met, Zoom meeting setting up at the point at which yeah. they started walking in and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, small... Small little technical bits that just need to happen in, in at a certain time, at yep. certain moments, for things to just run smoothly. And for mu- music to start at this point, for music to stop at this point, yeah. for music to be set up here, for timing to be done, you know, just those little things. And then, um, yeah, he, him and uh, both the bride and groom were like, you know, we couldn't have done it without you kind of thing, which mm. is obviously very nice. And it's just nice when somebody helps you out in any way. Yeah. But it does hop back to that entertainment industry side of being like, you don't actually, if you're not somebody who works in the industry, you don't actually see those moments and you don't realize how much it takes for something to just work smoothly. Yeah. And although we take that for, that for granted and we're not actually trained in those, in those industries, what we do is very, very minuscule in comparison to what those guys do it's just a good example of you know not not understanding how much goes into things Mm -hmm. behind the scenes to make them run smoothly and correctly well yeah and it's also to hark back to what we were saying earlier 
these people who have these very specialist jobs also kind of because of all those uh, tangential things that come with those that that line of work probably are very adaptable yeah and you know the arguments be like well you can go and work in somewhere else because you have these adaptable skills um the that you didn't even realize you were learning you're just doing it because of that's what you do Mm. um you go yeah they probably could and some of them probably are Mm -hmm. but they don't want to yeah and they shouldn't have to. they want to work in that industry in the same way that i don't know a landlord wants to own a pub yeah the same way a tattooist wants to tattoo yeah and a footballer wants to play football it's what you do so and i know everybody's changing swapping and changing their own but i thought that was interesting it was probably based on the fact that because there was so little people there Mm. you know you you probably actually saw us like dotting about here there and everywhere behind the scenes doing things whereas you wouldn't normally see that happen because you'd be part of a big group or you know you just wouldn't see it that wouldn't be the focus but because there was only us there it was everything was in focus Mm. um so yeah yeah totally agree so to that movement keep protesting and keep marching and we will not go but talk about it on this podcast keep moving (laughs) because it's too hot it's fucking way too hot to do anything (sighs) and we won't go because we're not sound techs or engineers. We're, we're, we're actually... We're working. <laughs> we're, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. We're actually the problem. Yeah. No, we're not. No, we're, we're not. not. We're just lucky. Yeah. Um, so, let's move on. All right. E, oh my God, who the fuck is Peter Guy? Who's he, lad? So, this is who the fuck is Peter Guy. This is our recommendations section. Mm-hmm. Anything arty, music, film, books, Instagram accounts to follow, YouTube people to watch and shit. Uh, however, this week, I'm a little short, I'll be honest. I'm not. Um, mainly because I haven't listening, haven't been listening to a lot of music. I've uh, been doing a lot of music. We're not really listening to much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I will chuck out there is an album that I haven't yet listened to that I really want to listen to, and it's been on my list for ages, and I just not got around to it. And it's an album called "To Love Is to Live" by Jenny Beth. Jenny spelled J E H N N Y, and I just really like the cover. And I've never heard of her. I have nothing, no idea what to expect. But maybe just join me on that one. Mm-hmm. And I'll listen to it before next week's episode. Okay. And if anyone listens to it and wants to let me know what they think. Then let me know what they then think. Then get in touch at We Are Delia on Instagram. Yep. But that's all I got. All right. So I've got a couple for you. Hit me. One is the new Glass Animals album. Oh, chicka look at you. I've seen that. I've got that added, but I haven't listened to it yet. It's cool. What's it called? I can't remember. Oh. Do you want me to look at it now? Glass Animals. Um, no, go on. Tell us about it. Oh, uh, it's cool. It's got these little interlude bits, obviously, because everyone's doing that at the moment. Um, <laughs> Including us. Yep. And it's, it's not as... Hmm, how do I phrase this? Good. No, no, no it, it is as good, actually. It's oh, cool. not as, hmm, like, intense as the others. So okay. it's not as, like, dark and moody and cool as the others. Cool. It's actually, a, it felt a little bo- bit more, like, lively and upbeat and happy. Right, that's cool. I mean, they did, they did have their moments. There are a few songs in there, but just not as much as you... Yeah, you would you would recommend yeah. you would you would uh, expect. expect. Sorry. Okay. Um, so yes, highly like that. That is called Dreamland. It is called Dreamland, and then the next one, which 
I was listening to Glass Animals and I didn't realise it was on shuffle. And then this guy came on next and I was like, this. I was like, this is sick from Glass Animals. What is this? Slayer, Rain and Blood. Shut up. Realised it was a completely different artist. And the artist is called Sun Little. Okay. S-O-N, Little. Um, The song that I think popped up was on on an album called aloha okay um i can't remember the exact song that it was but i was just like this is is fucking cool uh what kind of vibe is it so i mean it's uh, it's down as alternative yeah i feel like there was definitely a little bit of an r&b influence in there cool um but imagine glass animals mixed with an r&b alternative influence because that's exactly what it sounded like cool um, you're dead proud of yourself i really am <laughs> i really really am you've done boss girl thank you you've thank done you boss like and yeah so I'm, I'm really i'm really proud of the all fact right cool that. so dreamland by glass animals yes and then the aloha album by sun little indeed and then join me and in a in a listen to to love is to live by jenny beth indeed all right cool you know what let's just call that Let's do it. Um, We're going to move on to our next section, which if you are, if you fancy listening to it, you can go over to our Patreon. But there's loads of other little bits that are going to be available on the Patreon. So don't just think it's extra podcast episodes. Yeah, we are getting our shit together and there will be all sorts on there because we had a business meeting with someone and we need to get our shit together. (laughs) (laughs) And also... um, I feel like if you look into Patreon as a whole, it's just, it's a whole new landscape and the world is changing and that seems like one way that you can really support grassroots And things. spend money. Cool. Oh, come on. <laughs> Barely. But yeah. Uh, cool. Thanks for listening, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> and remember, too much sauce ruins the fries. 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 The fries. Fries. The fries. Why be fun? Oh. <laughs>